Hey, are you ready? Welcome to the St. Michael Podcast. Yeah. Welcome, 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 welcome to episode 34, the 34th episode of the St. Michael Podcast, one man's attempt at business, family, and comedy. I'm your host, Michael Agbajan. And yes, we have arrived at the 34th episode. We are here. I would like to appreciate all the listeners, all the watchers, you know, and if you don't know, you can watch this on YouTube. So if you haven't already, please subscribe, share with a friend, you know, leave some feedback in the Apple Podcast. That helps us get the word out. And also I'd like to give a shout out to don't know what listeners are out there, you know, in um, Ireland, but what's up? Do I get to learn a little Irish, you know? But there's some listeners in Ireland, which kind of threw me off. But um, shout out to y'all out there. And um, I must say I'm in somewhat of a little bit of a mood because um, I guess as a business owner, you, you have to handle situations that you didn't see coming. And, you know, you're you think that there's there's nothing new that you've handled everything but this is definitely new we had a customer yesterday who signed up for a um, interior detail he wants to get everything on entire inside of his vehicle shampooed i'm talking about the the carpets mats seats everything and you know he said he won't you know we quoted him at a hundred dollars so he um you know he got it today this morning at 8 a.m our detailer arrives, shout out to Patrick. He arrives at his home on time, calls him, knocks the door, snagging an answer, but he sees a he sees a truck that he needs to do. So he's waiting on him, he's trying to get a hold of him. The customer's not responding. So then finally, um, the customer responds, gives him a call about 45 minutes later, um, after you know, Patrick has been waiting, and he says, uh, sorry, you know, I canceled it yesterday. Sorry you came out here. I, I canceled the service. And he's like, oh, then Patrick calls me and said, hey, the customer said he canceled. So uh, do you want me to do you want me to, do, want me to go to the next appointment? I said, yeah, should go to the next appointment. Let me give him a call. And in my head, I'm like, cancel. I didn't see no cancellation. I looked again. I'm just kind of confused. So, I'll, you know, I'll call him up. The customer answers. I said, hey, uh, the detailer said that you canceled the service. Um, we don't have a cancellation for you. And to avoid any type of fees, you know, the best we could do is reschedule your service. And he was like. Oh, yeah, I spoke with someone yesterday to set the appointment, and then I called after, and I went ahead and canceled it. I was like, who would you speak with when you canceled? He's like, oh, I can't remember the person's name. Usually the, the number one excuse. I can't remember the person's name, but, um, you know, I told him I want to cancel. And I told him my name. He said, okay, we'll take care of you. Then he hung up. I was like, okay, well, you didn't speak with us, and we don't have any type of record of that call, but, you know, if you want to reschedule, we can reschedule for you for later, to avoid any type of you know cancellation fee, last minute cancellation fee, or um, you know you could just cancel now, you know uh, due to that, you know. And he was like, uh, "Go ahead and reschedule it for this afternoon." You know, I had a guy come you know come way out here, so like let's go ahead and reschedule at twelve thirty. I was like, "Okay, cool, all right." So set him up for twelve thirty, and then you know um, later on he gives us a call again, mind you. Uh, I didn't know what's going on. He calls us. He says, hey, um, I want to go ahead and cancel again. I was like, cancel? And I'm confused now because I'm like, what's going on with this guy? He said, I, want, I had to cancel my um, 
to cancel, I have to cancel my credit card, my, my debit card, because, you know, uh, I have a feeling that your guy that you sent out here this morning uh, used my debit card, you know, fraudulently. I was like, oh, hold on, I'm confused. He said, yeah, it said that there was a charge at a quick trip in Midlothian. And I think that's where your guy came from to clean my vehicle. I was like, hold on, I'm confused. Are you saying that um, our detailer used your, your credit, your card? How would he have gotten your card? He says, we all have my number on, on file, correct? I was like, yes, we do. You know, um, he's like, yeah, so I, he must have used it to, to get gas or something to come, come to my home. I was like, that, they don't even have access to the credit card, so I don't even know how that even makes sense. He's like, well, that's what I, that's what I think happened, and I went ahead and canceled the card, so we'll go ahead and cancel that service for today. I was like, okay, you have a good day, sir, right? And I hung up the phone, but that had my mood all out of whack because that makes no sense, and I get it. Some people, you know, it's easier to lie and make up things in order to cancel because I guess you feel guilty or you don't want to just say why you want to cancel or you, you don't have the money in your account. I don't know what it is, but you could just cancel. You don't have to go left and right accusing or being upset with people and screaming because you don't want to be honest about why you want to cancel. So I feel like, you know, this customer gave us a runaround and then calling again and then accusing a detailer who has zero access to any type of critical information except for his address that he may have used it to, to maybe get gas to come over to his home. It, that was just a, a far off, you know, like accusation. And um, yeah, they got me in a mood because I was like, how do you handle things like this? You know, I always think like, OK, should I have challenged him and said, OK, do you have, you know, any type of receipt or proof of this or anything like that? And or should I have said, like, you know, our detailer wasn't coming from Midlothian. You know, he was coming from, you know, Brockwall. You know, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to tell a customer when their their main prerogative and their focus is to cancel. That's really what it was, you know, and uh, they had to do it that way. So uh, when you have a shifty, you know, um, type of customer, you got to watch out for them. You know, you got a, a sketchy guy. That definitely was a sketchy guy. But, you know, on to more interesting and positive news is a, a guy Look how creative this is. There's a guy in India. So obviously India's going through the whole, you know, COVID-19 restrictions and all that. And um, travel all around the country and all around the world really has slowed down. Um, for some reason, it's ramping up in Mexico, which I could get back to. But in India, um, tourists aren't coming in like they used to. So this hotel owner, he owns this big, large luxury hotel um, because he wasn't getting the, the, the same amount of customers to stay afloat. He took his business underwater. And I, let me make that make sense. To stay afloat, this guy took his business underwater and, and turned his luxury pool at the hotel into a fish farm. I mean, wow. I mean, wow. Like, and then even to, to say that, like he put all these certain type of fish that all the restaurants use in the, in the area, fitted with all these fish, and he said that the, the, the maturation of the fish will take about six to seven months and that will pay him anywhere between 40 and $60,000 USD uh, for those fish. And the innovation, you know, they say uh, necessity is the mother of invention. And 
you know, you have, that's the type of creativity I'm talking about. Like you just can't look at the things as you see it. You have to kind of have an abstract view of where you want to go and how you want to do it. But this guy turning his pool, his luxury pool into a um, fish farm. I, I mean, that's just, to me, that's amazing. And that shows that, you know, no one can hold you down. See, that's, that's the type of attitude you need to have is that when someone holds you up, holds you against the wall, you know how to get out of it. You know, there's no, there's no move that you can't counter out of. And I thought that was, you know, um, pretty amazing. And those are the people, you know, I see and say like, that's how I want to think. And that's how I want to continue to think because some people have issues sometimes when it comes to like, um, and this is on another note about like mentors. And I say this, like people say, oh yeah, um, I need a mentor in order to, to be successful or, you know, to, to figure out what I need to do. And you need to stop waiting on a mentor because at the end of the day, you could either try to find a mentor, which those don't scale. Think about it. There's only a handful of available people who are very successful. And once they are that successful, um, they have like 2000 people who are trying to become their uh, mentee. And so mentors really don't scale. There's not going to, not everyone can have a mentor. So, but you can't have a hero. You can't have someone that you look up to, to say that, Oh, okay. Like, what would that person do? You know, like you can sculpt out in any type of way. Whenever you get into a situation, you can say, what would that person do? Like mine for a while was Diddy, you know, uh, for, I mean, he helped get me to where I'm at now when it comes to like making decisions in, in business, I would say, what would Diddy do? That was my question. When it came to like a business question or how we'll handle something, I would say, what would Diddy do in this situation? And that helped clarify and um, narrow my focus on what type of decisions I need to make when it comes to something. You know, um, Diddy was my long time, it's kind of like sub mentor, this like an alternate mentor that I had. And it started all the way from seventh grade. In seventh grade, um, he was the reason why, you know, I read my first like like book from front to back. Cause I would read books here and there, but I would never read it all the way through. So there's a the the book called The Coldest Winter Ever. I don't know if y'all heard of it. Great book, The Coldest Winter Ever. And in seventh grade, I saw this book and on the front it said, uh uh recommended by Sean Diddy Combs. I was like, oh, okay. You know, I, I like Diddy. Let me see what he's about. So I read this book and I was like, wow, this is great. And from that moment, I would look to like Diddy on kind of how the moves he made. And then I would kind of like refine my thinking on like, what would he do in this situation? And that's how most people need to be thinking because you don't have to wait on a mentor or find a certain mentor. You could find, or you already know people that you admire and look up to and just think, you know, at times where you're tested, like, what would they do? You know, and again, for mine was like, what would Diddy do? But what's been happening lately, which is kind of odd, is that Diddy is kind of low-key being replaced as like a leader or a, or a person that people look up to and have a conversation with. He used to be the top guy, but now it's kind of been um, Jay-Z, at least in the hip-hop world and the black community. Jay-Z is the person that people look to to say, like, what would he do? You know, and what's he going to say? You know, I don't know what changed in these last few years, um, but, you know, um, yeah, Diddy definitely has taken a small shift 
because I don't know if it's that he's not on the top of mind of everybody because he's not making the moves in this in the ways that are like I guess relevant I don't know but yeah so find you find you a hero find you a, you know someone that you admire you know and just think what would they do because that is probably um the most efficient way to have someone in your corner just throwing that out there but uh my uh boys you know i have a four and three year old idol and kenzo and every you know now and then they'll be like let's play adventure let's play adventure and what the adventure is is that we go to the front you know front of the house and you know they take this little route where they run around these trees and they they, they love this thing called adventure time or adventure and then at some point you know you do it for 30 minutes you do it for an hour and you're like all right let's go back in the house adventure time is over and they're like no no it's like no we need to stop playing you know this time is over and that's what's happening on these college campuses right now is that these college campuses need to stop playing if you open your school to college students now mind you coming from all parts of the country to come together on your campus and you open the doors you can't suspend them for socializing i can't believe these things are happening when you're looking at university of auburn or alabama that are opening and they're saying that you know uh, students are violating the the, um, the six feet you know social distancing and they're being either kicked out of school or suspended and all that i'm like what did you think was going to happen i literally think it is impossible i'm talking about impossible for you to bring a bunch of students between the age of 18 and 22 to a campus away from their parents and expect expect for them to follow the rules <laughs> follow the rule what crazy you know like let's stop playing you know like you need all these college administrators or whatever they need to go back inside you need to either shut down the school and do it online that's what you want to do or um you can't hold these people, these young kids accountable for like trying to break the rules and socialize, especially with a bunch of new people. That, that, that to me doesn't make any sense. And um, yeah, that's what's happening right now because everything's crazy right now. You know, everyone's like these rules, even with um, um, uh, the post office and the guy, the postmaster general, you know, this guy is dismantling all of you know like the post office like the sorters and the mailboxes before an election that might have one of the highest turnouts for uh mail-in voting so I, i'm just preparing y'all this is I, this is my prediction i'm preparing y'all for what seems to be that if if um if trump for some reason doesn't win He's preparing to say like, hey, I try to stop from this fraud election from happening. And this is, you know, like this is not a fair election and we need to do a recount. Or we need to do something different if he doesn't win, because I mean, this is crazy. What's happening out here uh, right now? And even even if he even if I must say this also to be unbiased, even if they didn't un uh, dismantle everything from the USPS. I don't really think they could handle it anyways because, you know, they're having trouble. If you want to look at a measurement to see how they're handling or how they can handle orders. All right. Netflix, 
they still have 2 million, about 2.1 million subscribers who still get DVDs in the mail. A lot of people don't even know that. 2.1 million subscribers who still, who don't have the streaming service, who just get, you know, the DVDs delivered back and forth in the mail. That's, that's originally how Netflix started with that service. And USPS has really like difficult, like they have a lot of difficulties trying to get those DVDs to people's houses or the right homes and to the right places and delivered back to Netflix. And if you're talking about an election, that's going to be millions, you know, close to, you know, hundreds of millions of people voting all to, in on all corners of this country. And you believe that USPS can handle that. <laughs> I mean, wow. I, so at the end of the day, I don't even think if they can't help Netflix at two, 2 million and they still having trouble with Netflix after this long, what makes you think they can handle, you know, um, uh, an election. And I see these little advertisements that USPS puts out when it said, you know, prepare yourself or ready for mail-in voting. We're ready for you. Send it our way. There's no amount of advertising that could convince me that they, that they got it under control because people do that. People will try to be on like a PR spin where they're trying to put their business or they trying to put something in a better light. And that's all advertising. It's not the truth. It's all, you know, like major advertising, but, um, yeah, they need to, they need to, um, to, to, we need to figure out better ways, but I'm just preparing y'all cause this, this is a crazy year. I don't know what else is to come this year, you know, um, cause it's just wild. And you see the Milwaukee bucks and you see a lot of like teams sitting out because of the Jacob Blake situation, which we'll talk about later. It's just wild. It's just a lot of, um, a lot of things that are happening, but I also regret to inform you uh, that Jeff Bezos is now um, the he's the first to ever in, in, in human history hit a net worth of two hundred billion dollars. That's two hundred thousand million. Two hundred thousand million. Jeff Bezos. Wow. Congrats to this guy. I mean, well, this is that's, that's what he wakes up to. Every morning, every morning, he hears that sound, and, he, and that's a money counter right there. And um, wow, two hundred billion! And I mean, how do you talk to a person who has that much wealth? I would feel that they can maybe take like is he is he getting paid too much? Could they spread that out and make every employee at Amazon the like the highest paid entry level employees in America? I wonder what happened there. You know, even though it's a worldwide company, but I'm just wondering. Cause 200 billion, I mean, that's wild. You know, uh, I remember, I don't remember, but it, it was written about Sam Walton. If y'all are familiar, Sam Walton's the founder of Walmart. You know, um, he, you know, at, at the, at his peak, he never came to work. Like he had a Bentley, he had a private plane, had all that, but he used to go to work with his, um, pickup truck because he knew if his employees saw how much money he made or saw his wealth, that they would treat him different. And I must say that is a hundred percent true. When people see, you know, see you and they can measure you and can see like where you're at, they treat you different. You know, it's a, it's an unfortunate, you know, special treatment. And I can understand why he didn't want to do it. I mean, I, I kind of do the same thing because I know my employees, they, they treat me different depending on what position I'm at with them in the company. Like if I'm next to them in the line, 
working with them, um, it's, you would think that they would respect that. But I don't know if it's, if it's different, you know, with my employees, because if I'm working on the line with them, they're like, oh, man, why are you on the line with us? You need us then. And then they, they come late, they act worse. You're like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? You know, so when you are in a position where you're calling the shots and you're not on the line with them, uh, they respect you. And they feel as if you have the power to get rid of them and that you don't need them. And that it's a psychological thing, you know? So I understand why Sam Walton did what he did, but I always wonder like, like what does Jeff Bezos do? You know? Cause I just know people just look at him like it's differently right now, but you know, um, yeah, we just, that's just wild. But last reminder, I just want everyone to know that um, people forget that there's 365 days in a year, right? But there's also 365 nights. So at 730 opportunities a year, like get your stuff right. Like get your stuff together, you know, put your stuff out there, promote yourself, you know, uh, work on the things that you might be passionate about that you don't even know, you know? So you have over 700 opportunities a year to, to work on yourself and to refocus. So don't quit. You know, um, uh, don't look like you're like you're behind, you know, uh, don't don't feel pressured. You know, social media could do that. So if you're on social media and you feel like, you know, you need to hurry up and put stuff out there because other people are doing their thing and, you know, they flex on you and you feel like, oh, man, I wish I could, you know, show that I'm doing something and, you know, um, prove to people I'm not, you know, doing nothing. But, um, yeah, like get out there and make some art, you know. Because that's what it is out there. Everything's art out there. Whatever you create, it is art. And for anybody who views this art and sees this art and sees people out there grinding and doing their thing, just know that art belongs to the artist. That art belongs to the artist. And that you shouldn't go in and judge. All you should do is support. And if you can't support, be quiet. That's it. Don't go in and say, you should do this. You should do that. Especially if you have no experience in that, especially if no one asked you, you know, remember as a reminder that art belongs to the artist and, you know, uh, just support. And if you, again, if you can't support, just shh, be, be really quiet, really quiet. Again, I really appreciate you all joining me on this wonderful episode. You know what we got next? We got a super juicy conversation uh with my wifey best friend since way back in the way back in the gap and i and i um, look forward to this because we're gonna have a really fun and swell time so i really appreciate appreciate y'all for listening now we have the next part with me myself and bly let's get it i'll see y'all later peace out what up hi What's good? What's popping? We on. We live. We live. Mm. We on. We popping. You know, I was going to be um, like a new slang term I was in trying to start. What's that? What's the new slang? Oh, we live? <laughs> somebody else started that, though, on Instagram. Who said it? We live. I don't know. I feel like somebody started that already. I feel like that's the thing. you could, Maybe someone, maybe a lot of people do that. Maybe. But you know what? But you know what's popping right now? What? Your skin. 
Ah, your skin glistening. For real? Yes. It's looking good. I'm jealous. Why? Your skin's buttery. You yeah, talking it's, about? it's getting better, y'all. Y'all can't see probably on the camera, but my skin is peeling because your girl went and got a chemical peel last Friday. So my skin over here looking like a newborn baby. But your skin looks good. I wonder if I did all that, like chemical peel, mm -hmm. all that, like, will my skin be perfect? Your skin is perfect. No, what I'm saying. No, 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 no. <laughs> what I'm saying is your skin is literally perfect. You understand what I'm asking? You understand <laughs> what I'm saying, though? No, what are you saying? I'm saying that if something's perfect, let's say, okay, you know the whole Dr. Scholl's, how he created the whole, the, the, the foot pad yeah. for the worst type of, like, foot pain? Yeah. And that made, like, comfort for everybody, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So if, in this case, if I... Like if they create like um what do you call it skin what do you call that chemical like, pill no skin treatment oh okay okay for the worst type of skin right okay if you apply that to to skin that's already good yes would it make it better yeah there's always improvement nobody has perfect skin no one has flawless skin you remember like maybe a month or two ago or maybe a few months ago uh Kim Kardashian was somewhere and they zoomed in on her face. Mm -hmm. And you could see like imperfections and pores and stuff like that. I don't know if she had makeup on, but people are like, oh, she's normal like us. Like mm -hmm. she doesn't have perfect skin. I'm like, yeah, her skin may look perfect from afar. But once you get close up, you can see everything, pores and moles. Like Beyonce, she has moles and freckles. Like nobody has perfect skin. So if you have gray skin like yours, which oh is perfect. This is too much. You know, and you wanted to get a chemical pill, it would only make your skin look even better. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you see, I don't think the goal is perfect skin. So, well, for some people it is. Oh, because, you know, some people, you know, they'll talk about something deep on um, mm -hmm. on Instagram, but really they just trying to say, look at my skin right now. My my shit is popping. You know, like yeah, no. some people are like, hey, what you need to understand about life is that I was like, you just trying to show off your skin. Oh, glowy ass skin. <laughs> and then they see the comments. People are like, damn, your skin is out. I was like, ain't no one listening to you. I Oh, that, I want to be one of those people, but my skin is getting there, so you know it's all good. After the skin, then what's next? That's kind of how that thing goes, right? There, well, you know, there's some things that I want to work on, so there is a what's next. I get my braces taken off soon. I think next month, well, September, I'm going to be doing my like evaluation to see if I want to get it taken off. Mind y'all, it was supposed to come off like February, but I just kept pushing it back because obviously it wasn't perfect to me. So that's why it's still on. So like two and a half years later. They're like, okay, uh, Ms. Aguajon, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to keep it on? Do you want to take it off? So I'm like, oh, okay, well, we'll see in September. You know, right now I'm like 90%, but I'm still not 100. I'm still not 100%. Yeah. But the only way I could get 100% is they have to remove uh, four of my back teeth, and I ain't trying to do all that. Do you hear that kind of solution? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You I need my teeth. Four of your mm -mm. teeth from the back. How am going to eat my steaks? <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm be Hold on, like, you talking about wisdom teeth or you talking about no, your I, actual... My actual four teeth back there. I got my wisdom teeth pulled out like, I don't know, 15 years ago. So now they're saying if I want my teeth to move back even more to be a straighter bite, they would have to remove four teeth in the back. You know, that's the, that's the crazy part about professionals. Mm -hmm. They'll give somebody who has no idea, <laughs> you know, about something. Yeah. And then they'll give you an option to say, would you like to do this? Right. And you're thinking... Is this a guarantee? Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Or is this some type of hunch? And they're like, it'll de like if, if a dentist is telling you that if we remove your four back teeth mm -hmm. in order to give you a better smile, mm -hmm. and let's say you take out your four back teeth 
and your smile's not better. Or yeah, exactly, exactly. Imagine how you'll feel. You know what I mean? I know. And that's how I felt about these braces. I thought that with braces, like I had an overbite and it wasn't bad. I just always had an overbite. And I thought with braces, it would fix it. But because my bite was so bad, my overbite and I had like a crooked jaw, I guess, from grinding my teeth. Um, it didn't really like make my teeth 100% like I thought it would when I, you know, with the braces. But like I said, my teeth look great. I'm at like 92% with it. I'm mm -hmm. not 100%, but I wish I was. But, you know, I'm okay with that. I guess the whole theory applies again, the whole Dr. Schultz thing. Like <laughs> if you put braces on teeth that are already perfect, oh, do man. they make them even more perfect? No. No, no, it wouldn't nah. do anything. No, it wouldn't do anything. No, I wouldn't. So how you been? How you been? How you been feeling? I've been good today. I was off and, um, you know, I was just chilling a lot. You know, is it doing much. Is today like a pressure day for you for you to get things done or is it pretty much? No, I had a few things on my list that I want to get done and I got it out the way. So I did that this morning and then, you know, it's just chill. Like today I really wasn't supposed to do anything. And I still had stuff on my list to do that I wanted to do that I shouldn't have done. That I should have just rested. Like today mm -hmm. was supposed to be my rest day because a few days ago I wasn't feeling well. So I said, okay, well, my next day off, I'm going to just rest. And I didn't, I mean, I, I did rest, but I should have like taken the entire day off. But, you know, as a mom, you can't really do that. So it's like just run a few errands. But, I mean, I rested, so I feel good. Yeah. Um, this is a surprise, y'all, because, you know, uh, my boo thing, my wifey, She's she's starting her own thing. Oh, and we got some of the parts to it. Yes. Today. Mm -hmm. You want to tell them about it or you want to keep it secret? Let's keep it a little secret because if I tell them that's going to put a lot of pressure on me <laughs> <laughs> to actually get it done, to actually get it like, done because you're going into business, right? I am. I'm excited about it. I've always wanted to do something, you know, that that I could say it's mine. And I've always wanted to do like a clothing boutique. Mm -hmm. But the fact that I work retail, you really can't because it's a. It's conflict of interest. Yeah. Conflict of interest. So, um, and I'm not really passionate about it. I mean, I love clothes and I love shopping, mm -hmm. obviously, but it wasn't really like a passion of mine. So now I found something that I'm like extremely interested in. It's like very creative. It's very fun. It kind of is a little bit of me in every way. Like it's outdoorsy. It's creative. It's decorative. It's yeah. colorful. It's just, you know, personal um, it's just really, really nice, and I'm super excited about it. We finally got, like, the major piece today that we needed, and we got a whole bunch of them. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited. I'm ready know, to start a, putting it together. That's like a 50%. No, that's like that's like 90% of, of the actual yeah. business. Yeah. So we finally got that today, and I've, I've already purchased everything that I needed, like, Man. weeks ago. So I really just needed what we got today. I really just needed that to let's jump start it let's mm -hmm, go mm -hmm. so now that we finally got it today it's like okay let's go mm -hmm. you know what i mean so I'm are, are you are you nervous about anything what i'm hella nervous what are you nervous about i'm nervous because okay so i was on instagram today and somebody posted a picture or a video of someone else doing it for mm -hmm. them and i was blown away i was like wow Mm -hmm. That looks so nice. Mm -hmm. And then that made my heart beat because I was like, can I pull off something like that? You know, would somebody else repost what I'm doing? You mm -hmm. know, would they appreciate it? Would they love it? But I think so, because I've always been um, extremely, I wouldn't say extremely creative, but when it comes to listening to what people want and putting it out there, I think I'm really good at that. Yeah. And I know you always believed in yourself and what you do. This is true. So once you start it, you know, it's like one of those things where you take it to that level because yeah. you know, all right. 
it, no one thinks like how I think. Right, exactly. No one's going to, you know, like catch on those little details yeah, exactly. like how I see and it. And they so. can't see it the way I see it. No one can see it the way you see it. And that's mm-hmm. what makes everybody unique and different. There could be 50 different types of bread, but they're, you know, breads, but they're all different. They're all mm-hmm. unique and it's each own way. So the whole entire world could be doing the exact same business, but everybody's going to do it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm excited and I'm, I'm ready. Is it, um, is it something you want to uh, get a like a website for or anything like that? Or? Yeah, I would love to do a website because I definitely want people to be able to, um, you know, see pictures, be able to find me, be able to book me, um, all that good stuff. So, yeah, I definitely want to do a website, but I need to get the name down. Mm-hmm. I know we came up with two names. I'm stuck on those two names. I love them both. I think one is kind of winning more than the other, but... Um, of course it has to have my name in it because why wouldn't it mm-hmm. have my name in it? But just trying to get the name down pack. And I think once I've picked the name, um, then I think it's kind of like go time. And then, you know, we can like buy the website and all that stuff. And I know everyone's like, what? Tell me what, what it is. is. I know. <laughs> it's crazy because this time last year I was in the exact same place, but it was with the clothing boutique. Mm-hmm. Like I already had the website and, you know, the name and I had um, Cosmo do the the uh logo the logo like i was which was nice it was so nice and i was ready and then i think i brought up the idea to one of my friends and she was like well how would you be able to do that if you work for gucci Mm -hmm. and i was like damn i really didn't think about that and then i brought it up to my coworker. she said the exact same thing and i was like damn i can't sell clothes with my own brand if i'm working with another brand selling Mm -hmm. clothes i was like you really can't do that you know McDonald's, McDonald's does that? Really? And I understand what, why. What do they do? Tell me. If you have a McDonald's franchise, mm-hmm. you can't own another restaurant. Oh, well, yeah. And I never really understood why until I started mm-hmm. seeing it play out with other things. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to finish what you're saying first. No, go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. You, yeah. Like, um, I think David Anderson and some other people who are into, like, the whole Turkey Lake Hut mm-hmm. and with what's happening with, like, the partnership there. Yeah. Where... You have the the main brand, but then you have other brands that are oh. the same thing. So if 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 I'm part in a restaurant here, mm-hmm. and then I have another restaurant, I might use some of those employees to exactly. go to this restaurant. I might right. use some of that those recipes and the style to go to yeah. that restaurant, and yeah. it ends up being where you compete mm-hmm. for you know with yourself, right? You know, right. so you know I could see how Gucci could say, okay, if you're doing a boutique, mm-hmm. you're taking some proprietary things that make us work exactly. and making it work within what you're doing. And, you know, I was going to steal some of the customers, so they probably knew that. <laughs> you know, like, I would be in, in store while I'm selling Gucci. I'll be slipping in my mm-hmm. business card. You know what I mean? So I was even asking, like, some of my coworkers, like, hey, would you be able to model for me? Mm-hmm. You know, so I could see when I started thinking like that, I said, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, I get why they don't want us working um, – for another retailer or our, you know, having our own. So I was like, okay, so I love Gucci. I'm not ready to like give it up yet. So what can I do as a side hustle or what can I do? You know, that I'm ready to maybe leave Gucci uh, full time and do something separately. But in the meantime, I still love Gucci. I still love working for the company, but I also want to do my own thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So this is something that's completely different that not even close to what they're doing. And um, I'm just so excited. Like I already know, I don't know. It's, it's just, I'm excited because yeah. I have like, I know people and I can network and I can use their creativity to help my creativity. And 
everybody wins. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm just excited. I'm I'm really excited. Really I can't cool wait to, be to, to show everybody. Like excited about a new idea. Yeah. Because there's very few ideas that get people started. Yeah. Like they make people wake up in the morning. Right. You know, so the It's crazy. Yeah. And I literally saw a picture on Instagram and I was like, I love this. Mm-hmm. And then a few weeks later, one of my friends, she texted me of a picture very similar of where she was and was like, Bly, this has your name written all over this. Like, I could see you doing this. I'm like, oh, my God. I literally thought the same thing, you know, not too long ago. Yeah, and then I was just thinking, I was like, I I really like this. Mm -hmm. And then I had a dream, and I woke up the next morning, and then I woke you up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, babe, I think I really want to do this. Like, I don't know. Something about it is making my heart drop. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm I'm really excited. My palms are sweaty. I'm like... I really like this, uh, you know, yeah. so I'm excited. I'm ready to start like, you know, just get the creative juices flowing. And yeah, I would know. always say for anybody who's trying to do like business, if you already have a job, you should try to do both as long as you can. Yeah, because, you know, um, having that guaranteed income. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no trade off from that, you right, know, from right. having a skill that you already have, you know, like, like, a, I guess, curated over mm-hmm. however, however long. Yeah. And stack that bread mm-hmm. reinvest that back into your own personal brand mm-hmm. and um but yeah that's cool because i don't look at it i used to look at it in the sense of when you're gonna quit your job like yeah. when not you personally but right, anybody right. who starts something on the side like you should quit your job you should quit your job but i look at it you should do both as long as you possibly can exactly until you have no choice other than choose what works best for you you know what yeah I, mean? I feel like this is gonna be a i mean i feel like eventually i would have to choose mm-hmm. you know because what i plan on doing I feel like it would require weekends Mm -hmm. and you know, I don't have weekends to give. So it would have to come down to picking which one. But think about this. If you took it to that level and this, what your business is, Mm -hmm. if you did take it to that, where it's like a full-time thing, you, I feel like you'll be in heaven. I'm look, I'm already in heaven (laughs) just by the thought of it. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of it. So, you know, I'm just excited and it's not because it's like, oh, we're doing it for financial reasons or financial or like the freedom of having your own schedule. Like I'm not even doing it for any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing it because this is something that I actually yeah. love to do. Um, it's fun for me to do. And why not? You know, why my, not make money for it? When you say that, it makes my brain tingle. Really? Yeah, because my palms are sweating. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know the feeling of being really excited about something. Yeah. And I look even to this day. Every day I work on like the Water Boys, mm-hmm. it's so exciting to me. Yeah. And then when I start new things, like when I start doing comedy, mm-hmm. and when I started this podcast, mm-hmm. like the feeling of like something new, yeah. And then working on it, just mm-hmm. like little tiny incremental changes you make, exactly. After because you know if you look at it, the the, the first original picture that you take, mm-hmm. it's good. Right. Right. But then as you keep taking more pictures, you keep making little tiny adjustments. Mm-hmm. And by the time you get to the, the hundredth picture, I know it's like picture perfect. That's it's true. like, wow, That's look how true. look how long it took me to get here. But it was so fun getting here, exactly. you know, and it never ends, mm-hmm. you know. So I feel like this is something that is long term. That's exciting. And it's something that I per- per- like particularly think is amazing because it's like a it's a niche. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Mm-hmm. So it's not something that everyone could do. It's not someone everyone has access to. And it's really creative. You it know? is. It is. And it's something that I love. I feel like every, you know, I'm very, I mean, I don't want to give it away, but I'm going to give you like a little hint. I love themes. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very into themes. So, 
you know, if you tell me to show up to a birthday party this in Oklahoma in sequence, mm-hmm. I'm a rebel though. Mm-hmm. If you tell me sequence, I'm gonna show up <laughs> in metallic, and that's what I did. Like that's kind of what I do, but I feel like I put my own touch to it, you mm-hmm. know. So if you give me a theme. I'm going to run with it, but I'm also going to make it very unique and very different, you know? So I don't know. I'm just, I'm just excited. I don't know. Well, cause you, okay. On the other subject real quick, mm-hmm. your, your dad's from Wisconsin, right? Mm-hmm. He is from Wisconsin. And yeah. you, okay. What part? You know, uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, You know Wisconsin? how far that is from like Kenosha? Oh, I've been to Milwaukee one time. I was like eight or nine. I have, I don't remember any of it. You know what's happening right now in Kenosha? Oh, is that someone got shot in the back? Yeah, Jacob Blake. Yeah, mm hmm. You showed me that video, and that was just so heartbreaking and sad to see. I heard that he's paralyzed now from the waist waist down. down. Mm -hmm. What is your thought on, like, there's a lot of thoughts on this, as you know. Yeah, I'm sure. To me, it's just, okay, I read the article before you showed me the video, and I was like, I was kind of confused because it said that he was breaking up a fight and then he was trying to get into his car and the police shot him in the back. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, why would they do that? That's crazy. Like, what's happening? Maybe there's more to the story. But then when I saw the video and you showed me the video, he's walking into his car and the police officer shoots him in the back close range Mm -hmm. seven times. Mm -hmm. Why? Mm -hmm. He wasn't attacking the police officers. He wasn't even facing them. You know, he wasn't trying to fight them, anything. He was just trying to get in his car, which... Walking away from a police officer, you know, maybe he shouldn't have done that, but he could have at least gotten tased. But to shoot this man in his back for not listening, mm-hmm. is that's crazy. But you know what I'm more nervous about with this entire thing? What? Is that, all right, so a culture is being developed mm-hmm. as we speak. Okay. And the culture is a, it's a culture of war. Mm-hmm. Where the misunderstanding could become so deep between mm-hmm. two different cultures mm-hmm. that it's almost impossible to unravel unless you take deep leadership. I'm talking about at some level of almost dismantling the entire system. Yeah. You know, because the black community, um, like other communities, have mm-hmm. been targeted, you know, um, by police. Right. Or at least police brutality in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And their voice hasn't been heard in certain ways. And George Floyd, you know, his death brought a lot of attention to it. Right, exactly. And then you see these little things start to kind of imitate itself. And now you have it where a community doesn't trust. Right, right. You know, um, the, um, the someone who's, who's supposed to protect yeah, us. Yeah, and the people who are supposed to protect them don't trust the community. Mm, you see what I'm saying? That's true, yeah. So what ends up happening is that, you know, you have, you know, I told you where if we're arguing mm-hmm. or anything like that or disagreeing on something and I think you're being difficult, then that's what you think of me. Like right, you think exactly. I'm being difficult. I like, no, you're being difficult. Like, no, I'm being difficult. Yeah. That's what ends up happening in deep misunderstandings that, mm-hmm. you know, they think the, the police officer go thinking that they're being difficult and they in the, and the civilian is thinking that the police officer is being difficult. Right. Right. You know, so because of it, where you yeah, now have messed with the trust so deeply, it's almost like, okay, who do you call? And when you do call them, what are you supposed to do so things don't escalate? Exactly. Because things are going to escalate whether the police escalates it or by the civilian escalating it because mm-hmm. of their fear. Right, exactly. You know, because if I'm fearful of someone who's coming towards me, I will escalate based on, you know what I mean? Think about it. That's what a scream is. A mm-hmm. scream isn't based on, you know, you know, you doing it consciously. You do that subconsciously as a defense. Right, right. So you took it to a level because you you're, you hit a certain level of fear. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with that, 
with Jacob Blake, you know, the situation is so bad because we are talking about, you know, uh, police reform mm -hmm. and dismantling how or the entire system and right. redoing it mm -hmm. for something that works better. And in the case that, you know, again, we don't have as much evidence as need, you know, right. need to make a qualified statement on it. But if I did see the video, mm -hmm. I had a problem with some things, mm -hmm. but it doesn't justify the result shot. yeah at all yeah, exactly so because I'm like they could have just tased them because you know think about it when you don't cooperate it makes people mad mm -hmm. no you're right yeah you're right you'd be ready to fight when somebody yeah, yeah. cooperate but you don't sh you don't shoot him but you see look you know when people got that chokehold on you like yeah. he's got that chokehold on you mm -hmm. and you're fighting and doing all that they want to break your neck yeah exactly because they're so mad that mm -hmm. you're not cooperating mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and that's because i'm in an authority position you're not you're you not complying. Yeah, yeah you exactly. need to So if you're not, I'm going to show you. Mm -hmm. And whatever happens as a result of me showing you that you need to listen mm -hmm. is on you. But but shooting this man? Point blank, in the back seven times. And see, I was talking to my dad about it. And, you know, he was like, you know, uh, why did the cop just shoot him once? Or I was like, I don't think it is that easy. You know yeah. what I mean? To say when you shoot one, shoot and then assess the situation. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think you... When you shoot, you shoot to unload and you shoot to to kill. You yeah, know, he definitely shot that man to kill. Yeah, him. I don't think you shoot to injure or shoot to disarm because he wasn't armed. It was more in the sense that I I'm definitely threatened because I thought in my head if I'm a police officer and I'm telling this guy to stop and he's going to his vehicle just like how me as a civilian if I'm like if I have a beef with somebody or like we're fighting or whatever mm -hmm. and he goes to his vehicle. I'm out of there. You think he's grabbing a gun? Yeah. Or if I had a gun on me, mm -hmm. I'm shooting. Yeah, but you're going to shoot him in the butt cheeks. Remember I said y'all before, <laughs> shoot him in the butt cheeks, shoot him in the leg, shoot the tire out. That The, the police officers, they need better training. They need, Definitely. They need better training because you got this man, you grabbing him by the back of his shirt and you shooting him. Mm -hmm. Like, how, that doesn't make any sense to me. You could have just tased him. He would have fell to the ground had you tased him, your partner tased him. If he's a strong guy, then three of y'all tased him. But you shooting him, you shooting to kill this man because he's not cooperating. Yeah. That doesn't, to me, that makes absolutely zero sense. Yeah, it's definitely the training um, that definitely needs to change. Mm -hmm. But see, that's why I said there's levels to this because, you know, uh, police departments are ran by cities. Yeah. And then, you know, cities obviously, are, you know, kind of, on their own when it comes to it and mm -hmm. then the, after that the, it's a state right after the state it's a, like federal so like the um, federal government really doesn't have any type of real say so mm -hmm. to how people like uh uh police policy down to like like per city this yeah. would have to be a per city change mm -hmm. and i feel like we do need to um to come in on all this you know well, not we i'm talking about like the federal government needs to step in at a certain level right because it is definitely getting out of hand and i feel like it's somewhat traumatizing to see this over and over yeah fair i mean i'm not the one to watch videos like that so I, when you showed it to me i didn't think i was gonna see him actually being shot but to see it i was like damn well just to see it once is one too many yeah like, how often is this going to keep happening? It's like, it seems like every other week there's somebody being shot. We could solve it. Honestly, we could solve it. But, it, you know, if 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 um, the leadership at the top is complicit and they don't really, like, care mm -hmm. like that or they're not giving it the attention it needs. Yeah. You know, because uh, think about it. America, 
just like any other country, but especially now since we're in America, mm-hmm. got a bunch of issues going on with COVID, you know, drugs. And I mean, they just found, yeah. they just found the most complicated um, uh, drug tunnel, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I guess in like history. What? Yeah. From Mexico to America. Oh my it had, it had ventilation, had AC, it had railways. Yeah. So you can tunnel. live down there. Yeah. And imagine, think about it. A tunnel open for what? One hour could deliver how many drugs? Oh my Imagine goodness. a super complicated tunnel, miles long. Right. Delivering. Just imagine how many drugs they like just put through there. And then more likely they gave up that tunnel just so they don't give up all the other tunnels. You know, they have to. Right, exactly. So. Man, you know how many vacations we could have take, taken if we would have went through a, <laughs> a tunnel? Yeah, we could have went through the tunnel. Is it yeah. taken or taken? Taken. taken. How many vacations we could have taken? Going through that tunnel, it would have been free vacation. Yeah, I know. I take a um, Mexico every other day. Yeah, I know. There needs to be a, a, a tunnel from uh, Irving to Tulum. <laughs> oh my God, for real, man! So many people are going to Mexico. I know. My, my sister asked about that. She's like, "Why is everyone going to Mexico?" That's what I'm saying. Uh, one of your our friends, Kim, she's going to Mexico like Where? tomorrow. Where? I think Tulum. You know why? Why? What's up, what's up with Mexico? Mexico is the only people who let Americans in. <laughs> That's first off. This is true. Yeah. And then second, I got a, I've been getting like, um, like advertising promotional calls from Mexico. Really? Saying that we got good deals. When I hear the deals and I'll, I'll look them up. Mm-hmm. They're good. I'm talking about oh, that's why. resort or yeah. whatever it might be. It might be $150. Mm. Think about that. That's why well, everybody going to Mexico. Yeah. Cause the, the flights are cheap. The resort's mm-hmm. cheap. They want mm-hmm. you to, it's cause they know if they could get you there physically, mm-hmm. you're spending all your money there. Exactly. I'm talking about food, drinks, tri- uh, like water sports, everything. all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I don't really think they're tripping about the no, COVID-19 virus. Yeah. Well, it's just like, you know, just wear your mask. You'll be good. But my thing is, I would love to go to Mexico like tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I don't want to get sick while we're there. Because mm. wouldn't we have to quarantine there? No, I mean, we would have to test positive there. Oh, see, yeah, so, that's, yeah. But I think t- tests are are voluntary, so half the oh, time you I don't see. even you don't even know if someone even has it. See, I don't know. I'm I'm good on Mexico. Yeah, at least I, for for today. Uh, at least right now. Just today. Today. Rush tomorrow, be like, babe, you want to go to Mexico? Yeah, because you know, I I think that people, I think the jig is up. You know, people you know what tired. I mean by that. What you mean? I feel like. It's not as bad as what people are, or not people, as the government is saying it is. Mm. No, no. I think it's bad. Okay. I'm not saying, I don't think COVID-19 is bad. I'm saying, Mm -hmm. I don't think the effect of like not going out, not taking the risk. Mm -hmm. You know, people saying, stay in your house and do all that. Yeah. People are like, look, I'm taking a risk. Some people have been taking a risk. But those people who've been taking a risk probably already had it. And they, they like, whatever, I already had it already. Yeah. Because I work with somebody who already had it, and he going everywhere. And he's like, like, me and all my friends, we already had the virus. That's why they're doing COVID parties. Yeah, so that's people why could, he, like, yeah, get just it. catch it and get it over with. But like, I don't even know tripping. But I don't know if you could get You see, I wouldn't try to get the flu because I know I could probably get the flu again. Yeah, and I think you get, because someone, someone uh, had COVID twice. I think this lady said she had it twice or whatever, but... I'm, I just don't want to get sick. Period. I don't want no cold, no flu, no cough, no sneeze, no nothing. I had the I had like a cold, what like last week or two weeks ago, and I thought I had COVID, but I didn't. I got tested, but it just sucks being sick. I just don't want to be sick. Yeah. So, but that's what you're worried about if you're going to Mexico. Yeah, I don't want to be sick in Mexico either. Like, oh, that'd be the worst. What medicine are we gonna take? Like, 
I know. Where are we going to go? What hospital are we going to go to? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I know. Like, that. <laughs> is it, I mean, think, I ain't saying nothing about Mexico, but I'm just saying. I mean, I don't you, think my insurance work in Mexico. Basically. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so let's just stay here where my insurance work. Yeah. Well, I know. Um, so no Mexico for your birthday. No, my ba- my birthday's on Tuesday, y'all. This upcoming Tuesday? Yep. Oh, Look, well, didn't well, even well, know. Well, nah, I know. September 1st, uh, this queen, you know. Had to kick off the month, rightfully so. There could only be one queen. Yeah, reading up on queen Virgo. B, you know what I'm saying? We read up on, um, I'm not sure if y'all are into like, um, what do you call horoscopes those? Horoscopes and stuff. Horoscopes. Yeah. Uh, was you When you read my horoscope? It was to the T. Yeah, but one kind of like scared me. Oh, when it said, um, what, what did it say? I can't remember. It says um, super ambitious. Mm-hmm. You know, it had all these like positive things. Yeah. And it said something about... Starting new projects and never finishing them. <laughs> you know that. You know when you said that, it like rang. Yeah. I, was, I was like, <gasps> you know, because oh I felt God. like the jig was up on me. You know. No, you start projects and you finish. No, them, I start so. projects and I'm loyal to those projects and mm-hmm. I see it to the end. Exactly. Which I have a lot of big things that I've started in the past and I things that I'm gonna mm-hmm. you know start here soon. Right. Right. And I feel like that is me. Mm-hmm. But the part is, you know, particularly on small tasks. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like no, those things I'll be like, I'll start it and I won't get back to it. Or remember I That's told true. you, I have an idea, and I was like, oh, this is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Then I'll then I'll write it down, and then I'll look back and like three, like six years ago, I've had the exact same idea. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you told me about that like three years ago. I yeah, remember. I'm like, you know, and I have this book. <clears throat> oh, I have many books like this where mm-hmm. I have like so many different ideas, ideas yeah. and things right now and i'm like this is brilliant mm-hmm. and the next day i think of something else brilliant and the next day and then next you know i'm like a book full of yeah, brilliant ideas i put it to the side and i start another book yeah so that's like remember we were watching uh this might have been cribs back in the day there was a house it could have been mtv cribs it might have been mtv cribs but it it was this guy who had a room that the wall was like painted black and he had post-its Mm. all over the wall so every time he would think of an idea he would put it on his wall and his, the whole wall was covered with like new inventions and ideas but you know he was already rich so i don't think he ever. i, I wonder if it helped i'm pretty sure that I'm would sure. help yeah that's kind of like a what is it a what those, dream board um, yeah goal boards dream boards stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah yeah mm-hmm. so maybe you have you ever had one of those yeah i used to make them when i was younger i haven't did anything recently but i think they'll be kind of good to to start for especially 2021 i mean this year is almost over so yeah you know but there has to be something so magical and so deep about those with a dream board mm-hmm. that most people don't really do them. Not really most. I mean, I assume a lot of people don't do them mm-hmm. because like myself, yeah. right? Putting something on like a, like a sticky note or a dry erase board and seeing mm-hmm. it, it literally changes night and day of my like workflow. Right. Like I take care of the things that I see. I'm like, wow, that was done. Okay. Damn, mm-hmm. took care of that. Rather than just like winging it in my head. Yeah. But, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit like a meditation mm-hmm. that you get a lot back from having something up there, just like you get a lot back from like meditation. Yeah. But yet a lot of people don't meditate. That's true. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I don't know. I mean, I know people who do dream boards, but I know mm-hmm. probably even more who do not care less. Yeah. But I know that people who have dream boards, they usually achieve everything that's on the board. everything mm-hmm. you know they put a house on there they say i want to be a millionaire if mm-hmm. they say uh, i want kids or if they say i want a bike or whatever it might be yeah they get it yeah so it feels like why aren't why doesn't everyone do it 
Maybe we should host like a party or something. They do that. They yeah. do those dream board parties. We should do that. We should host one, have everybody come like in December or something. Actually, everybody that's a, a great idea. See, and then let me host it. And then, you know, I could, you know, do my thing. You know what I'm saying? You know, it could be like part of my business. See, I'm, yeah. giving, y'all, I'm giving y'all a little bit, a little oh. bit of what I'm trying to do. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that'd be super dope if we invited, you know, close friends and family. And, you know, I think that'd be kind of kind of cool. Yeah, like to... But some people just do it just because and check that box and don't give a F about it. True. But then there's some people who do it and, you know, they really follow through. Yeah, because if you look at it every day, if it's, if it's literally in your vision, how could you not achieve mm-hmm. it? You know, this is true. Yeah. Yeah. So vision board. Oh, vision, vision board. board. <laughs> oh, well, you kept saying dream board. I was like, that ain't it. But I don't know what it is. So, yeah, vision board. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Exactly. We're going to have a vision board party. Yeah, that's funny because I'm I like, like okay, vision board. I was like, that's the word right there. <laughs> that's what you've been trying to say. Dream board. Dream board sounds like that sounds dumb. Remember, <laughs> remember, was it called a uh, not a Game Boy, uh, Dreamcast? Dreamcast. I don't know nothing about that. Was that was a video game console. Oh, that was trash. Oh no, my god. Yeah, I had an argument. I mean, do you want to get back into video games? Mm-mm. You never played video, ga- video games. I did like when that? I was a kid, but no, not not anytime. Like I kind of, I kind of got an itch to get get into video games. I know the boys would love it. I have those Gucci video arcade games on my phone. They love playing those. I think I need to like. I don't think you know. Yeah, because I feel like I could probably get obsessed with it. Yep. You know Joe Rogan. Um, he had video game addiction. Oh really? I yeah. know somebody like that. Yeah, he had to cut it out. You know somebody who like, I, know, I know someone who is who is addicted and has always been his entire life. My Currently? cousin, yeah, he's been playing video game games since like day one, and he's 31, 32 and that's all he plays. Is he good? I would hope so. I mean, he can he can make money can, from it. I would hope he is, but I highly doubt it. Mm-hmm. But yes, he's been playing video games like addicted to it since he was a kid, and he plays it like every single day. I know, but I, I mean, how long? Like every day. Well, I know back then it was like hours. I mean, he's a grown man now, so I don't know how many hours he plays it a day, but I'm sure he puts in time. But you would think if you played it for that long, um, for those many years, you would, you know, try to make money off of it. But I doubt that that's what he's doing. To make money off of it, you got to go into this whole thing, you know, tournaments, yeah, teams. I know, but they make bank. Yeah, they, they make a like lot. like millionaires. Yeah, what's called um Ninja. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like a... I think over almost like a hundred million or something like that a year or something That's like crazy. that, just from video games and sponsorships and just, just the amount. But see, it does take, it takes a village to like grow that culture. Cause mm-hmm. same thing happened. You sometimes you see cultures grow yeah, literally overnight, mm-hmm. like, um, like skateboarding. Mm-hmm. It was like fringe. Yeah. It was like a big deal. Mm-hmm. And the community like built it. And you yeah, saw like true. right in front of your eyes. One that we saw built right in front of our eyes, mm-hmm. Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. But nobody's really talking about that anymore. It's up, though. It's up? Yeah, it's like uh, right now, it's, Bitcoin's like a, almost, it's like 11,000 mm-hmm. to, to something. But I remember when it first jumped off, it was around like six, 7,000. Mm-hmm. Then it went all the way up to like 20K. Dang. Then it dropped all the way back down. Mm. So it's kind of stayed hovering around like 6,000, 7,000 yeah. per Bitcoin. Then now it's like 10,000 something. You don't hear people talking about it like you did, like what last year. That's a how. That's like spinners. You remember like little yeah, spinners. Yeah, that's true. It's like it's hype. Everyone gives so much energy to mm-hmm. it, and they move on. That's true. It's like trendy at the moment, and eh, kind of fades away. Yeah, look, I learned that early in the game mm-hmm. in seventh grade. Yo-yos. 
Oh, I love the little yo-yos. Like, you don't do it like that. You, yeah, you do. Oh, look, professional. No, you used to get paid for it. Look at the professional spinner over here. <laughs> I just used to just throw it. You I know how much you, look, I'm going to tell you how much you spent on yo-yos. We will get yo-yos. We will start to, again, seventh grade. Mm. Might even be earlier. But um, I'm talking about, I think the most we ever spent was like two, three hundred on a yo-yo. On one yo-yo? Uh, yeah, a single yo-yo. Oh, I can't, look, I can't judge. A, the outside was metal, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so okay. it had a heavy, you know, mm-hmm. the cylinder on the inside. So it's like, it's not like the ones you find where it's like plastic and it's all one. And it's like glow in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind I would buy. No, this one had like weight sensors. Oh, yeah, Lord, this is, Yeah, and the center had like a cylinder that you oil. Oh, my goodness. And you have used a certain string and you put it down and you go. So that's the kind you don't get from Toys R Us. You get it from like Sharper Image or something. Yeah, that's a, this, is for, <laughs> this is a professional one, you know? I cannot. And we had it and you swoom and literally could do like that and it'll just stay, stay still for like an hour. You look and then you like could do, you would do yo-yo tournaments and stuff. We were into everything. Oh me, my me and my goodness. little brother, uh, we were into... Uh, yo-yo skateboarding hockey mm-hmm. um everything you could think of break dancing <laughs> when break dancing came in ooh, we almost broke our arms a, f- a few times oh my goodness y'all should have saw him dancing today in the garage oh yeah because was- there's that uh that song that i love oh, roses yeah remix? no that was that's a good song roses like remix. number one right now so y'all need to check it out it's really good i would play it but you know every time i do it i get in trouble on youtube i know haters but i feel like you could just you know when they said like okay look i'm not monetized on youtube right and it takes i have to get to a certain amount of followers or, mm-hmm. or subscribers yeah hey y'all need to subscribe if you're listening to this or watching this on youtube yeah subscribe this yeah. is a good time to say that yeah exactly and you know uh once you get monetized you make money off your views and all that right but um if you play music or whatever mm-hmm. whatever money you would have made off that the monetization mm-hmm. goes to the artist oh i see so, so they get a piece of it yeah so in this in the episodes where we played music mm-hmm. he'll say you know um this episode has been demonetized and it will, the money will go to um the artist who claimed this song you know for that. and i'm thinking i ain't making money from this anyways <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying i was like so then i'm thinking should i just play the whole song uh, that, no because then they're gonna take the video down i know like they did last time with um oh, i wonder what happened with her stella emmanuel See, i knew something was fishy about that video we haven't heard nothing about it. they probably killed her <laughs> they probably we did laughing about death. i know that's not right but i'm just saying like she out here saying she found a cure for uh for covid19 where she at now? Cause she said, I, I don't care if they kill me because, you know, I'm telling the truth. Yeah, but where's she at, though? Yeah, where is she? Blink once if you need help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um, I got a, a really, I don't even want to tell you the words yet. I'm excited about it, though. Is it a juicy word? Yeah, it's a great word. Okay. I'm not going to okay. tell you yet. No, why? I like, I like those. I like these words. All right. Platitude. Platitude. I feel like I've heard this word before. Platitude is, it's like a, a word that, uh, it's a noun. Mm-hmm. It's a word that you use, uh, it's like, it, it describes a phrase that is the, um, that is meant to be meaningful, mm-hmm. but it's like empty. Okay. Example. Example is like, um, you need to keep the main thing, the main thing. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? When people do stuff like that, that's a platitude. When oh, people give you a quote, yeah, like, Again, the part of a platitude that makes it a platitude is that someone says a quote or something like mm-hmm. it's fresh and new. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, 
you know, if you want, if you want to dream big, all you got to do is dream big. Or if someone says, you know, the only thing that I need to do is work on myself. You know, like mm-hmm. invest, investing yourself is the best investment you could ever make. That's mm-hmm. a platitude. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Yeah, there's a lot of platitudes I see out there. People yeah. are like, I, I hear those like, you got to keep the main thing the main thing, you know, mm-hmm. or keep it simple, stupid, da, 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 and make it seem like it's just fresh and new. Yeah. But it's just another platitude, you know? That's funny. Yeah. I like that. That's a good one, right? Keep your side chick, your side chick, not your main chick. Who says that? I don't know. I made that up. <laughs> is that a is that a rap rhyme you made? Is that a is that a platitude? Okay. Keep your side chick, your side chick, not your main chick. <laughs> oh my god, this is too embarrassing. That's not a that's not a platitude. I know it just sounded good. Yeah, but um, I I hear those all the time, especially mm-hmm. now, especially now, because some people try to go online and try to become a motivational speaker. Mm without anything behind mm-hmm. this one guy specifically i don't know him but i'm not gonna shout him out or anything <laughs> but you know he's been you know he puts himself in front of a camera he says what you need to do is that you need to work yourself and you do all this and you know he does it like he's putting money into it he looks like a person who just kind of like you know maybe he's a hustler oh, okay. and then got some money he's trying to like <clears throat> do something different with his life yeah but it, you know he he's always been sitting behind a limousine or Maybe hopping on a private plane or something like that. And is this Hush Puppy? No, no. Oh, okay. I wonder what's, what's going on with Hush Puppy. She probably just sitting in his Versace cell. The Versace cell? With his Versace <laughs> robe on, his Gucci slides. Mm-hmm. Probably getting a four course meal in prison right now. Yeah, I feel like the, um, there's people out there who are trying to be motivational, mm-hmm. which I get. And I learned. I learned this not to go around trying to motivate others by saying, Hey, I'm gonna give you a little motivation. Cause who are you? Exactly. You know, cause I feel like with like uh, Steve jobs, mm-hmm. you know, when he had that beard and all that, you know, because he's Steve jobs, you listen. Yeah, exactly. But before he was Steve jobs, if he didn't become Steve jobs and said all this stuff he was saying as he was coming up and he never like mm-hmm. made it, mm-hmm. you would listen to him, you yeah, know, saying true. all these things like colleges and for this, he would have to be successful for that to happen. Mm-hmm. You can't say college isn't for that. And then, look, you know, you're like you're in the gutter. You right. Know what exactly. I mean? no, that's true. That's but, very true. So I just hope someone out there who is, you know, um, anybody who might be listening to this at any moment who's trying to say, you know what? I want to be a motivational speaker. Have something to back it up. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Like a bank account. Yeah. Or some success. <laughs> bank account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, what else you have? plan anything else no my birthday tuesday september 1st you know just just you know letting y'all know you know but do you want anything like like is there a particular gift that you want i know you i know what you want to do but is there something that you want there's nothing that i want everybody keep asking what do you want for your birthday it's nothing that i want nothing that i need you know just dinner with my hubby that's it like i don't really want anything i mean i'm sure if you want to surprise me with something i'll take it yeah, but you know, is there a certain age where you get too old for gifts? No. Never be too old for gifts. You can never be too old for gifts. Mm-mm. I mean, our, our parents stopped getting us Christmas gifts after a while. You <laughs> that's because you got kids. So it's like... Yeah, but you know, uh, that's true. It's all about the kids now. I remember when we were younger, we would have our Christmas tree up. Mm-hmm. And we have so many gifts. Yeah. I'm talking about... I mean, I think at one year, I think we counted like 120 gifts. What? Yeah, we, we would split up stuff. So... But that's a lot. Yeah, I'm talking about box, box, box. And we'll sometimes just wrap stuff and just put it under there. 
just to have it filled, you know? Wow. And, um, yeah, uh, and then on Christmas, we just rip them all open, be tons. I'm talking about piles yeah. of, of stuff, you know? So we'll get, like, the, let's say you get a Game Boy, mm-hmm. you wrap that. And then you'll have like let's say four games. You wrap each game individually. And a remote control. Yeah, yeah, remote control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You wrap that, mm-hmm. and then like the AC cable, like the the. I can't with y'all. Yeah, I everything. Cannot. You know, and you know, we started noticing that as we started getting older. You know, started going to like, you know, uh, twenty. Hundred and twenty to like six. Yeah, no, it was like twenty gifts. She's like, okay, that's not bad. Then we started getting older. Like in high school, you seen like three gifts. She's like. What's going on? Oh, my goodness. Then we started getting to the end of high school. Money. Yeah, envelopes. That's, yeah, that happened to us, too. And then after after um, after high school, there's no tree. Yeah. See, my mom, she still puts up a tree, and she she gives me a gift. When for she real? comes, yeah, when she comes for Christmas, she, she you know, she always, every time yeah, she comes, yeah. she always comes with gifts. And it's not always for the boys. She gives us stuff, too. Like, if she travels... She'll bring us something back, Shorty a t-shirt. Shorty always got gifts. But my mom, she I think she's just a gift giver. She loves giving gifts. So. Your mom is such an incredible person. Oh, you're yeah, so sweet. Yeah, because yeah. whenever, you know, her, her I guess, um, her spirit, mm-hmm. like, I could just imagine where she, I don't, I can't even imagine where she got that from. I don't know. You know, to, she's super party, mm-hmm. like, oh, like yeah. a party she person. She loves to party. She's hardworking, designs. Mm-hmm. Build builds houses. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, she don't actually build houses, but she'd be up for the challenge. Yeah, well, she she would she do like the floor. Yeah, she yeah. Or she'll um uh paint. She builds stuff. Yeah, like whenever she comes, I always make sure I have like some type of home improvement project for her. Yeah, like if the water is like leaking, I'm like, hey, can you fix this? And she done. She sews. Yeah, she does everything. She's a a true mother. Yeah, she does everything. She's she's the she's the best. Are you looking forward to going to New Orleans? Oh yeah, we're going to New Orleans mm-hmm. in two weeks. Super excited. Labor Day weekend. Ooh, we're taking the boys. I know great. that's gonna be that's exciting. Gonna be I cannot great. wait. I just want the food. And then we're going to Florida for like a day because it's only a three hour drive. So that's gonna be fun. Um and then actually last week my best friend, uh, we've been friends since we were eight years old turning nine mm-hmm. she came down she was here with her aunt and her cousin so i haven't seen them in forever mm-hmm. so that was fun hanging out with them and then to actually go to new orleans and see my family our friends all that good stuff so i'm excited we haven't been in a while well i went um what last year for like training and but we haven't went as a family in like two or three years mm-hmm. almost three years so yeah i'm excited do you know if um like those um, restaurants in New Orleans that are like a hundred years old and all that are they black owned? Um, like I Acme? I don't think so. No, I don't know. Oh, okay. So. Especially not a hundred years old. I know. I didn't know if that was like yeah. a, a hidden like secret that people don't really like talk about. Well, I'm sure that I mean there's a lot of black owned restaurants, but as far as it being a hundred, maybe. I mean, I have to do my research. Just say I would think you would think that I would know that right because it's so much history in New Orleans. But um, not that I know of. I feel like a lot of restaurants that are that old are not black owned. Yeah, because you know Louisiana, um, and you know so Louisiana and Texas share a border, mm-hmm. and I feel like. There's something like there's like a kindred spirit between Louisiana and Texas. Yeah. You know, like the other kindred spirit I was talking about is like California, Texas. Mm-hmm. There's something about California and Texas. Right, right. But there's definitely something about 
Louisiana and Texas. Texas. Yeah. And how we like, it's like we always got y'all's back. I don't mm-hmm. know if y'all got our back though. Nah. Y'all don't ever do nothing well, for Texas. Well, that's true. That's true. I mean, y'all had our back when Katrina came, but you know, we we kind of effed that up for ourselves. We came here. We was like trying to take over. Mm-hmm. Like we was ready to fight everybody. It was a hot mess. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but when, when I got to Lamar and everybody was like, what's wrong with your people, man? Why are they trying to fight us? We over here trying to let y'all in. I'm like, look, I, I ain't got nothing to do with that. I'm just, I'm the good one over here. Mm-hmm. So we just came and tried to take over. It was another level. It was yeah, on it was, another level. But see, that's, New Orleans is so territorial though. Yeah. Like, if we're going to live here, we're going to take over all this and we're going to make it ours. But, yeah, it was kind of bad. I guess what New Orleans people are the most scared of is losing their accent. That's what I think That of. is not true. I feel like they go to Houston and the only thing that makes them distinctly from New Orleans is the is accent. accent. And, and if I, they lose that, you know, because yeah. even though they might not even appreciate it like that, when mm-hmm. they start losing it, they're like, oh, you don't even sound like it. And then they like, kind of like feel bad about it that's always see i don't feel bad about mine people i mean i have an accent but it's not like strong mm-hmm. so when i'm talking to customers they're like where are you from i hear something you know and i'm like oh i'm from new orleans they're like yep i hear it now like when you said new orleans i hear it so mine comes and goes but i don't think it's like super thick like when when tiff came to visit mm-hmm. you know like when her aunt's here it's like you could hear oh when my brother comes oh oh yeah your brother you hear that Moulin Rouge, yeah, you know, yeah. you hear that? yeah. My brother has a <laughs> thick accent because he ain't been nowhere. So. Le bon thing. yeah, he is that he a, he a Baptiste. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> for real. Because you know, people people say like even with my my I don't know if I have an accent, but people say where are you from? Yeah, and I'm like I'm from Dallas. I'm here, and they're like where are your parents from? Oh I'm my like, goodness, oh, okay. yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, um, this has been another good one. Another Always. great one. And I would like to say thank you to for everyone who's listening, taking yeah. the time out for that. Please subscribe. Mm-hmm. Um and stay safe. Of course. Okay. Got to. Got to. Well, we love y'all. See y'all later. Peace. Peace. And in the game of success, remember, the one that fails the most wins.